0: popular thing that people ask me a lot of times is how do I get my narcissist help? How do I get them into therapy? What do I actually do to make this actually happen? Well, if you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. I'm the founder of Raw Motivations, the creator of the NARC app, and your guide in the 45-day Clarity Challenge that you can access at claritychallenge.net. If you like what you see here in talking about narcissism, narcissistic abuse, some of my story, please subscribe so you can see the videos that come out every single day trying to help build that awareness or some of the live events that we do uh, every once in a while. So check that out, hit the notification so you can get notified when those things happen. Well, today we're talking through the idea that people want to help their spouse, their partner, or whoever it is, and figure out how to get them better. How to get them into therapy, how to get them to walk through whatever's going on in life, how to get them to a place of self-awareness, of like realizing like this is what's going on, and a lot of times they're not sure how. Well, I want to talk through today four different things you can do to help your narcissist. A little bit different type of video, and you might be like, wait a second, what's actually going on here? Because it's a little bit different style, a little bit different idea than what I normally propose. Well, Stick around because I want to walk you through a couple different ideas. All right, four things. Number one, attack the behaviors, not the disorder. So when you're dealing with a toxic person, the thing I want you to understand is not to say narcissist, not to actually accuse them of being a narcissist, not to actually put it out there, not actually say, hey, I think you're a narcissist and not to attack that because at the end of the day it's not going to do anything the end of the day, attacking a narcissist, calling them a narcissist, or pushing that agenda in one sense is only going to push them back even more and promote more of a defensive mechanism. Anytime someone comes at you, it's it's so much easier to be like, whoa, Like you don't know what you're talking about, versus like, okay, yeah, no, that actually makes sense. And so when that happens with a narcissist, whose whole goal and whose main focus is shame avoidance, it's typically not going to go anywhere. The piece that you also have to be careful of is a lot of times, not just like putting them on a place of being in the defensive, but also putting it back on you. A lot of times you'll have a narcissist that will switch it around and that will put it back on you so that you feel bad about you. This is when they start bringing out different aspects of like, well, I think that you're the person that's a narcissist. I think you're the person that's abusive. I think, and it goes back and forth time and time again. Okay. So be careful about bringing it up that they are narcissists. The thing you have to remember is attack the behaviors, not the disorder. So when I'm talking about that, I'm saying like, okay, attack the aspect of like, Hey, you're cheating. Like, let's call it what it is. Let's be honest with who you actually are, with what you're actually doing. You're lying to me, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of different things. Okay. The biggest aspect of lying is, you know, just going in and saying like, Hey, the, the biggest area of lying is like you're lying to yourself. Like, you're lying to, to me, you're lying to themselves, you're lying to other people. And if the person's unwilling to actually break the lies, there's nothing you can do. And that's the piece that people don't like, because is they, is they want to hold on to the hope and the potential, which lock people into the trauma bond of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with this person forever and fix them. You need to understand, like, when you're trying to bring these things up to a narcissist and a toxic person, go after the behaviors, not the disorder. At the end of the day, that person could be a narcissist, might not be a narcissist, doesn't matter. If they're a liar, then they're a liar. If they're a cheater, they're a cheater. And you need to be able to focus on those things so that it puts in perspective and it also takes away some of the the sting and some of the power that they could throw back at you being like, well, you're a narcissist and flip it around. Okay. You need to understand if a narcissist is unwilling to break the lies, there's nothing you can do. You can't help it. You can't fix it. You can't make them be truthful. Okay. Number two, hold solid boundaries. You see a lot of people like, well, wait a second. How is this helping the other person? Well, you need to understand a lack of respect is often born from a lack of clarity and oftentimes a lack of consequences. You see, sometimes it looks like a double standard when the person says, Hey, I have a boundary. And then the person crosses the boundary and you're like, well, yeah, I had a boundary. Well, this is my new boundary. And you don't actually stick with one it's kind of like trying to teach a child how to respond or respect to, you know, a, a parent, a sibling, a, a dog, whatever it might be. And you're like, it's okay if you hit them. And then, well, no, this is a boundary. We're not going to hit. And then the person hits and then you are like, oh, okay, well, the, the new boundary is like you can only hit once. Okay, well, the new boundaries, you can only hit five times. But that's what happens in a narcissistic relationship. That's what happens when people try to set boundaries and they don't follow through all it does is enable worse behavior think of it this way if you're driving down the road and the speed limit is 55 miles an hour and you drive down the road one day at 55 miles an hour and you drive down the road the next day at 75 miles an hour and you drive the following day at 56 miles an hour and when you drive the 56 miles an hour you get pulled over for speeding at that point you're going to be frustrated because you're like i've driven past the same spot the same police officer like 20 times. How come you didn't pull me over when I was excessively speeding, but you pulled me over when I was only like one mile over? Over a period of time, it'll get frustrating when people see different standards. And the same thing happens in a narcissistic relationship. The problem is the person seeing the different standards is toxic and they don't really care. All they care is that they're getting away from it and they're not being held accountable. Well, what happens is they lower even more so the aspect of respect. If you have a standard and you're not going to stick to it, then I know that that standard doesn't mean anything to you. Or at at the very least, you don't mean enough to you to actually stick to the standards. You see, when you give up on boundaries, enforcing boundaries, having boundaries, acknowledging boundaries, you give up on you. And the narcissist knows that and they don't respect you for it. So you need to understand that those boundaries need to be there and need to be solid or else there'll be worse behavior. Because you'll set one, they'll break it, then they'll be like, well, it wasn't that big a deal because there is no consequences, there is no effect. So as a result, I can keep doing whatever I want to do. So that's number two. Number three, call out behaviors and actions. Now, this is different with just attacking the behaviors and disorder. That's like, you know, hey, let's sit down, let's talk about this. Call it the behaviors and actions we're talking about, like, in the moment. Like, hey, that's not something I'm accepting right now. Like, I understand that you're frustrated, but you can't be yelling at me right now. We can talk about this when you're in a calmer mood. Like, like the idea of, like, hey, like, this needs to stop. Sometimes you'll see this in an aspect that it shuts down and ours really fast. Sometimes because it's in public or sometimes it's because they don't want the uncomfortability of being held accountable for their actions. Doesn't mean you attack. It just means like, hey, I see where you're coming from. We're not going to be talking about this right now because of X, Y, and Z. Like, if you want to talk to me, we can have a conversation, but not while you're screaming at me. So I'm removing myself from the room. This This goes back to even like concepts of like gentle parenting of authoritative parenting, not authoritarian, but authoritative parenting of like, uh, like processing the person's feelings, but also like having healthy boundaries for you. And so being able to call those out, but also being able to say like, Hey, this isn't going to happen. Okay. When a narcissist is trying to change, there's this aspect of the shame and the guilt that's exposed even more so that feels even overwhelming. So a lot of times being able to talk to them and be able to say like, hey, this is what's going on. It's beneficial to acknowledge it, but you have to understand that shame and guilt is going to well up a ton more even so. Sometimes this could even be as simple as be like, hey, something I've been learning about is aspects of like lying. And I've realized that I stretch the truth in X, Y, and Z. Like this is something I think you might struggle with too. You see, it's a little bit different. It's like it's attacking the thing, but it's also like calling it out and it's also not going to the person being like, you did this. Bring stuff up or help in like a positive way. If a narcissist sometimes can start to switch the mindset of like, wait a second, this change is something that's positive. Me acknowledging the guilt of what I've, what I've done or who I am doesn't mean that I'm the worst person in the world, it just means there's something exposed there that I need to work on. Sometimes you'll see bits and pieces of change. Okay, But you have to understand it only has this effect if they want it to. Just calling out the behaviors and actions, if they don't care, if they don't respond well, you still have to hold your boundaries. It can't be something that you're bringing something up, talking to them, and you're still letting them break through your boundaries. It doesn't work. There's no respect there. Number four, and the last one, is stop supplying their addiction. If you actually want to help a narcissist or you want to help them stop supplying them you see narcissists are addicted to image addicted to control and oftentimes you're the one that's supplying that you're the one that's putting that up there maybe because you're still in the relationship maybe because you're still providing money to help with their image whatever it might be and oftentimes that supplying of that addiction piece is something that happens time and time again and people wonder why are they not changing Oftentimes, they're addicted to you supplying their image, money, sex, etc. It'd be like the idea of dealing with an alcoholic and each day being like, hey, I really hope you get sober. By the way, here's the beer for the day. That's the thought process. And what we see time and time again is when people interact with narcissists and they're dealing with someone who is addicted to the image and how you either support or help that, Oftentimes, having people in the narcissist's life only enables it even more. So you need to understand from an addiction model side. I know we're talking two different sides, from the personality disorder to addiction model side, but from the addiction model side, narcissist gets really addicted to how other people make them feel. And so when you keep making them feel a certain way by responding, by even reacting, by different interactions, then a lot of times, why would I want to change? Because I'm getting the hit, I'm getting the high, I'm getting the happiness that I want in that moment from the other person. Oftentimes, one of the best ways you can actually help influence and change a narcissist is by removing yourself from the situation. Oftentimes, one of the best things you can do is walk away and focus on you. And if they decide to focus on them, that's great. If they don't decide to focus on them, then that's the same thing that's been happening. Them focusing on their image, but not on their self-care. Last but not least, if you're struggling with knowing this or like wondering or questioning a lot of different pieces about this, you need to understand it's not your job to fix a person. It's not your job. The only one that you're responsible for is you, your growth, your development. Let's say you have young kids, you're responsible for some of their growth, some of their development. And having that toxic person in your life might not be the best thing. Love to be able to answer questions and help guide you to clarity, provide that for you, provide that to help with breaking free from the trauma bond, the rumination phase, dealing with those questions of, am I the toxic one? Are they the narcissist? How do I work through this? How do I deal with this specifically based on my situation? You can go to rawmotivations.com, click on one-on-ones. We'd love to interact with you there. We'd love to be able to help you in your growth, healing, change, and development.